Welcome everyone to the next episode of the Send Nutrition Podcast. You're with your host Brian and Peter today and on episode 57 we have very special guests Guy McLean and his wife Emily McLean and for those listeners who are not familiar who Guy McLean is, he's the two times world champion of Road to the Horse, Equitana Way of the Horse champion, an Australian bush poultry champion and he is known to love and honour the horse and we're really excited to have you here. Guy, how are you? Going really good, thanks, mate. Thank you very much for having us on. That's good. And how are you, Emily, as well? I'm doing really well, thank you. Great <laughs> to be here. Fantastic. Um, Emily, maybe we could go into sort of how we cross paths, obviously, at the beginning. So a lot of people might be wondering how to sort of send come across, you know, guy and yourself and, and obviously sort of vice versa. So do you want to maybe just sort of give a background of sort of from your side how, how a sort of relationship sort of happened? And it was more so by accident than anything. Absolutely, yeah. So um, we've got some wonderful horses here, but the most special and most famous one that we have is Nugget, and that was the horse that started out for the guy um, into this world of where he is now. But guy, uh, sorry, Nugget's at the age of where he is a lot older. He's um, had a lot of had a couple of health issues over the years, but now he's got to the stage where he has no teeth and he's got arthritis, obviously arthritis in his in his joints and stuff and wanted to do something to help him with with I suppose everyday life and I was looking at the rose hip sort of products and and everything with that and the the properties of helping with joint and inflammation and then I came across the Sen products and it had the turmeric which obviously is known for anti-inflammatory and then having the rose hip and and all the other good properties in it and um, just started using it through the local feed store because they recommended it to me um they had a couple of rainers on it as well and they said no this is really good stuff so i started using it um for him and then i did an order online and basically yeah it was just like it popped up that i suppose our name came across your office and um sort of started the the rolling of the ball rolling of where where we are today and his um, nugget's been on the product for probably about a year now, um, and just seen a lot of improvement. Um, he's not having to be on injections that he normally would have had to be on. I don't have to duty him to, to keep him comfortable. He's he's very happy. He gets excited when he sees me coming with a bucket every day, every twice a day. So he struts up and down the fence, telling me off. If I ride any other horse, he tells tells me that he's still the best on the place and. I should be riding him. I just say, I love you, old man. You just enjoy your retirement. <laughs> and when we saw that Send Gold order come through, it was a hive of activity in the office because we saw your email address. Yeah, and I think it went to me, and and I'm sort of going like, you know, what's all this, you know, what's all this fuss about? And <laughs> and I, I was the one that called Emily, and I said, look, Emily, please, you know, please sort of don't, you know, I don't think I'm coming across in the wrong way, but I don't know who you are. Um, you know, so along with Guy, and I must be the only person in Australia that doesn't. <laughs> I'm a pretty big deal on Instagram. I've got a shirt that says that. I'm a pretty big deal pretty on Instagram. <laughs> well, Brian mentioned, like, you know, Brian mentioned for the, you know, for our listeners out there that don't know who Guy is, like, literally I was one of them. And, and I just said, well, you know, it's it's just another sort of client and, you know, we take the courtesy. I'm yeah. not sure what happened with it, something got lost or what, but I, it was a courtesy call team, really just, um, just to see how things were going along. And that was probably well, five, six months ago now. Yeah. So you've been using the product obviously for a lot longer than that. And we're just grateful that you're getting the really good results and, and obviously for Nugget as well. Yeah. And since being like talking to you, there was, and, and finding out the information, it was 
like let's try it with the oil and then there's a couple of other things because um, we've got a beautiful mare that was part of our performance team as well but she had a lot of injuries that was sustained as a foal before we got her um, and obviously it's just her age the injuries are caught up yeah has caught up with her and um, she was in the same position as Nugget that we'd probably have to look at you know sort of having to put her down before she was had, before her time because of the pain she was in but since being on the gold and the oil. She looks so good in the paddock. I, I feel like taking her back on the show again, but I, I won't do it to her, but she's just so bright and so beautiful. And, and when you love horses like we do and like all of your all of your wonderful customers do, they're, they're just as important to us as our kids and our grandparents. And Nugget, she's only like an auntie, this girl, but Nugget's definitely like a grandparent. You just want to see them be as happy as possible and they're, they're very happy on the product. And that's we're so grateful for that because they are our children and we're, we don't know what we'd be without him. I know I wouldn't be anything without Nugget. So to, to give him, you know, as much help as possible. And he's still, he lives with the mayor and he struts around telling her that he's still five-year-old and he's <laughs> the cutest thing on the, on the property. So it's, he's got grey hair everywhere, but he still acts like a boy. And, and that's a, a big credit to how we look after him and, and it's a big credit to your involvement in that as well. Uh, th- thanks so much, Guy, for those those kind words. We're exactly the same mindset as you guys. We want to put the horse first. We want to feed them with the right nutrition for their physiology and try and limit all those medications, especially later on in life. And if we can do that on a daily basis and give the horse the best possible health internally through their food, but it also comes down to your care and attention and that horse management as well, especially. Well, it's just, it's wonderful. Emily's had a lot of older horses in her time. When I met her, she had two beautiful old mares that she'd been around with since a tiny little girl. And that, and they they were really old, and I haven't had that many old horses. I mean, I'm 46, and I've been doing this since I was 21, so Nugget was my first real major performance horse. So I'm only really getting now to the later years of those those wonderful old horses, and, and you know, Em takes beautiful care of them, and, and she's seen horses live till they're 30 or 35, and I've always been that if, if my horses tell me they're no longer enjoying life anymore, I have to be the horseman that, that I've always wanted to be, and I have to do the hardest the hardest thing in the world which is to end their end their suffering and well, <laughs> Nugget might outlive us all he, he looks so happy and wonderful and that's beautiful because I was told with him as a 10 year old that if that I could probably get another five years out of him he had death mitis off the coffin bone I took him to Oaky Vet wow. and they said well we don't want to break your heart boy he said but this horse would be nearly done they nerve blocked him and he had the, the starting of ring bone and they said if you if you steroid inject him and cortisone him, you'll get another five years out of him and then you'll have to put him to sleep. And I, I retired him the next day wow. and he has lived another 16 years and I slip on him bridleless and saddleless every now and then just to, to give him a little work and he hasn't forgotten the thing. And I and I pride myself then as a horseman because he was my bread and butter. He was what I was known for. But I knew that by retiring him that very next day that I would give him a longer life and I think that's important. I know of some people in the industry that nerve blocked them and that to get as much time out of them as possible. And Nugget had done more for me in his 10 years of life than, than most horses will in their whole life. And just to, to have their property named after him and see him in the paddock happy and healthy and well is, is just wonderful. And I wish we'd had the product earlier. We might have got longer at his performances, but people still remember him the, the short time we had him. He had his name chanted in front of 20,000 people at the biggest shows in the country. And People thought that I was jealous that they were, he was chanting, they were chanting his name and not mine. I couldn't have been chanted. But, Guy, it's an absolute honour, like, even for us to have Sen involved with Nugget. And 
he's kind of a he is a big deal because he's got his own prayer <laughs> model as well. <laughs> he does. Well, we went over to America and performed. I won my first um, cold starting challenge, and we performed at the World Equestrian Games. And Briarfest came up and said, "We'd like you to be one of our performers." And as part of that, we'll get you each one of our performers will have a a Briar model for the for that festival. So they we'd like to use one of your best yeah. source hope but and it'll be like three or four hundred um models and I said oh, I don't really want to do that I said I, this this team is young and I and I I would eventually want to have a model that would sell a lot longer because they're only the celebration models are only three or four hundred and I said but I tell you what I said I'd love to do that for my beautiful old boy nugget and they go oh no we don't want to have a horse that's retired no one will buy them and then the, the Australian girl that come over from Australia to be at Lexington Kentucky she says, oh, you're crazy. She said, I'll sell them in Australia. You need to make it a nugget. They sold out all over Australia. They sold out in Europe, and, they, and they've sold out wow. in America. I ended up buying the last 300 of them, so I've got the last one. Well, I'll, I'll tell you a little secret, Guy. I'm eyeing one off, and I think I've found one. So um, I want one in this office. Wonderful. Well, so he deserved that because I – I, I kissed him on his beautiful head when he was 10 and we went, we headed off while he, he would be about 12. We headed off to the state and I said, I'm sorry, my dear friend. I made a promise to you when I was, when he was four that I was going to make him world famous. I had dreams of going overseas and I wanted him to come with me. But when he had these, these issues, I wasn't going to do it to him because the miles we do in America are ridiculous. And so I kissed him on his head and I cried as I left because I, I didn't get to make him world famous. And then when this happened, I get, um, I've had photos and emails from all across the world. He is world famous, and Bri was a big part of that. So it's, it's wonderful. He's, he's um, well-known all over the world. didn't have to go and do the miles to do it. Um, one question I do have for you is, you know how in these sort of challenging COVID times, you, used, you haven't been able to perform. Have you had to pivot the way you've been doing things with horses? Uh, it was had to go back to to training. When I started out, I've, I've been in the industry in many different ways. I took rides from my father for nine years. I was the trail boss at, at Susan of a Homestead and within that I was taking care of the 50 horses. I was educating the young ones. I was uh, the farrier doing all the trimming and all, all of the, the care for the horses. So there was that part of the industry. I, I've tried to be a breeder. As a breeder, you you breed your best mare to your best day and you have to sell the foal. That ain't going to work for me. I fall in love with them. As a trainer, I tried to train and deal. You work them for four or five weeks. The first two or three weeks, they don't they don't like looking at you. By the time they leave, I cry when they go out the gate. So I, I turned myself into a performer because it was the only way that I could get paid to keep my own horses and to have that relationship that everybody wants with their own. And so we've had to go back to training horses. And I'm so glad that I've had the skills to to call back on that. In the last few years, we've worked some amazing horses and that. But it's I, I'm not getting to ride my own. I'm, I'm not getting to build those relationships. That, that I have with Nuggets. So we're right now we're sort of we're stepping away a little bit from the training. I've only got a couple of horses in at the moment and, and it's costing us a, a lot of money to do it, but I'm acting just like I've got to get my young horses going. I've got a, a beautiful stadium called Dreaming of Abby who's just started on your products and he's like riding a rocket. I can't wait to, just to see how if he feels even better than he did before. It'll be amazing because he was pretty special and I just feed my horses loose and hay, but with your products, it's a great help and so I've got him and then three of his babies. They've all got Dream in their name. So his name's Dreaming of Abby. And then I have Dreaming of Bling and Dreaming of Droving and, and Dreaming of Big Bucks. And so um, my, my dream now is to, to have Dreaming of Abby and the Dream team, you know, traveling all the major shows around Australia. So we're just trying to work on that again. But we have had to 
rely on our on, on training horses, and we train four or five horses a day just to pay the bills. And wow. and it, but it's it's still great to be able to do that. You know, I'm so glad that I don't have to go and, and hold one of those red signs on the on the highway. You know, or lean on a shovel. We're very blessed that we get to do what we love. It's just it's a little step away from what we really love. I love being in front of an audience. I love watching children and, and old people alike look at my horses and, and shine, and I'm very excited to give them back to that. So, Guy, just on a side note, obviously, when I spoke to Emily, she did mention that you did have a few issues, obviously, with your, with your hips and, and, and a few other sort of niggling things, and we sort of got talking about collagen. So this is a product that we haven't actually released on the human side, but we will around about sort of February, March next year. But you are sort of our, our, our field trial slash guinea pig. I won't call you a guinea pig, but, you know, we just said... <laughs> you can't be the guinea pig. I've been on it for like three or four years. Well, Pete, so. <laughs> Brian, it's still not making you look any younger, all right? <laughs> I thought I'd grow my hair back, but it's not. So <laughs> I wasn't going to mention that. <laughs> no, but all the girls here rave about it with just like thicker hair and better nails, obviously their mm. skin, um, like acne sort of disappearing. And look, mm. it's, it's not the silver bullet, but... I got talking to Emily and we said, look, let's just send out some collagen for Guy. Like, we're getting results out of it at, at work. You know, what's the worst that it could happen? So, Guy, do you want to maybe just explain to our listeners sort of what happened when you got the collagen and how it's worked for you? Absolutely. Well, I used to tell everyone I've been on and around horses since I was 16 months old. And I used to be upset with my parents who didn't put me on earlier. Because if they had stuck me on a day old, I'd be 16 months better. But when you've been riding that <laughs> as long as I have, and riding in that position, when you think of, of the position, my body is more comfortable in a, in a seated position in a stock saddle than it is walking around. And and, and I had a I had a um, physician tell me that my my hip is spectacular. And I said, oh, thanks very much, mate. He goes, no, guy, the degeneration in your hip is spectacular. You have the hip of an 80-year-old. And he said, you'll have to, to have it. With two years, you'll come back screaming to me that you've got to have your two hips replaced. And I was told that I wouldn't, I, I shouldn't get them done too early. But my my beautiful dad had one done when he was seventy, and and he now he's eighty and needs to have it done again. So you always sit off. So I've made a few changes. I climb on everything from a box now, or from the fence, and which is actually better for my horse's back. So I'm just more aware of how I do things. But I, I woke up one one day in America screaming in pain. I looked over to my wife Emily, and I'm the youngest of five boys, and we've got a darling sister, and we're all taught that yeah. You, you don't worry about pain, pain's just a part of life and you don't win. But I looked over at Emily and said, I'm hurting so bad, have I done enough? Have I done enough in this world? Because if I have to experience this pain every day from now on, it was like someone was shoving knives into my hip. So I, I went over and we went. We had a Dallas doctor that, that worked on the Dallas Cowboys and there was photos of the biggest name sports stars in the world up on the wall and they, they injected... Um, cortisone right into the hip joint and, and they said it'll either work or it won't and, and I certainly got relief from it but I actually felt my brother's a, a nat, sort of like a naturopath and he says you, there's a poison that they put in your body when they do that and so you're, you're getting relief but it's not real good for you and so we've tried collagen and stuff other stuff before that we've tried to do collagen and I couldn't get the taste out of my mouth you know and what I love about yours when we started on it was Emily puts it in the coffee in the morning and I've drunk it just with water and it's you don't ever have an issue with taking it and it's just like drinking beautiful water and I'm sleeping at night without having any pain. Um, I used to tell myself I wouldn't I wouldn't have painkillers all week but if I do a big show or if I'm working seven or eight horses and I've had a big day I'd have painkillers just so I could get one good night's sleep. I don't have painkillers to sleep anymore. You know, you, the, the collagen's been wonderful. I said to Emily, please let us talk about Nugget on this and talk about our horses but 
what I see extreme relief in myself. And it's something that I think I say every morning, is to make sure that you put it in the coffee because I just, I feel I need to have it now and I would, I'd be lost without it. And I'm just so grateful because pain is an awful thing. It takes a smile off our face and, and we can't enjoy our day as much. And to even have it down to where 80% of it's gone, you know, obviously I, I can't touch my toes and do back somersaults, but I can never do that. But I'm very, very grateful for it, and I, I hope you get it out there because I have followers all over the world that I know would benefit from it. As people know, Sen uses human-grade ingredients in their horse products, and what is found in the Sen Gold, we we do have a crossover into what we're going to be developing for humans, and we will have that, that product line. But for people who don't know, collagen peptides, they play a role through the whole human body. So you've got your stable bones, joint skin. It's one of the, the things that we lack in that Western diet when we're not eating from nose to tail in terms of we're not eating those bone broths every day and, and we're trying to support all your connective tissues and joints in a more natural way. And, and as you said, Guy, it's tasteless. It, you're not going to get that sort of weird, weird feeling in your mouth and we're really excited to partner up with you for that, for that exposure but also really happy that you've had those amazing effects. Uh, it's, it's wonderful. And when Emma said that, I said, well, I'm certainly prepared to have, have a go at it and, and, and quite instantly I'd I'm on some other stuff as, as well that, that helps me, but this is something that I would, would just need to have every day and, and very grateful for it. And We've had a bit of rain around here, and that dear old nugget gets a little bit sore-footed in the rain normally. Well, he was strutting around yesterday. Like, I just, if you can have give me the energy that he had yesterday, I'll be thrilled because if, if, if you've got something to make me feel just like that, because I tell you what, he was all that in a bucket of chips yesterday. It was beautiful to see. <laughs> We have that collagen as well in the in the Sun Gold product. So that same collagen that you're that you're taking, guy, we have in, in the Sun Gold. And I'd like to make a point. Most of us, probably ninety five percent of the population, is going to be deficient in collagen. And the reason for that is that I mean, I don't know many people that eat tripe or, or chicken skins or brine said bone broth. It's just it's really uh, you know yucky stuff, yucky food that, that yeah. we don't have time to do. The issue is that's where all those amino acids come from. So without having that in our diet, we're going to be deficient and. All you've done, basically, guys, is those deficiencies with the collagen. You've you've topped up to where it needs to be at the right level. You've got all the amino acids to to regenerate the body, the tendons, ligaments. Obviously, you know where it was in your body. It, you know might be different to where it is in my body, but but you're taking it daily. You know you're going to have those deficiencies corrected, and then you're given time and, and the energy then for the for the body to heal itself. And it's 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 literally that simple. And as you mentioned, guy, you don't want to be doing the painkillers or the or the steroid injections right. because, you know, you're no. you know you're only treating the symptom. You're not getting to the cause of the problem. No, absolutely not. And seriously, the biggest thing is I had to have the other stuff, the other collagen I was having because a wonderful old football mate of mine was having it, but I'd have to hold my nose so I didn't gag on it. You know, it just it wasn't a nice taste. It's the best thing about this. You could get a a child that that hates taste to drink it, and it wouldn't be a problem. And that's the biggest thing. It's it's just like with the feed, it's, it's palatable for the horses to eat it. They're going to get it into them. And, and the same with, I just love the fact that I can't taste it because that's going to be a problem for a lot of people is if it has an aftertaste or, or you don't like doing it, or even sometimes taking tablets, you can you can get a gag reflex and then you get to where you don't want to have them anymore. It becomes like a horse with a needle. He doesn't want to take it, whereas this is just it's so simple. you know. And, and to, to think you can have it in your coffee in the morning, it's just something we wouldn't be, be out of it. I, I have my coffee... Uh, white with two and, and one one sort of collagen. 
That's a good good combo. As an example too, sort of Brian and Guy, we we did a comparison obviously because you're taking a powder and, and you know you probably be on at least sort of ten to fifteen grams, which is ten thousand milligrams or, or fifteen thousand milligrams. We did a comparison. You've got these tablets that you know might have fifteen milligrams or or twenty milligrams of collagen per capsule, plus you got other fillers and. The example we used was for one scoop that you're taking, you'd need about 150 pills to get the equivalent dose. If they want to gag, just think it's about it. Yeah. yeah. They, they really shortcut the amount of collagen they put in those tablets for the convenience, but we know the effective amount you need and being tasteless, it, it's, it, it's a no-brainer not to compress it into a tablet, but to have it sort of in that powder form. Yeah, well, I know I'd eat more broccoli if it tasted better. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's just a lot of the lot of the reason we don't have the right stuff is because it we don't like like doing it. But it, this is just it's so easy and it's just not a problem. Especially when my darling wife brings brings me the coffee, I'm very blessed. Well, it's something you take with you when you travel into into the states as well, and you know it's a it's a convenience thing as well. Sometimes you're on a road, you don't have much time, but you've always got time for a coffee. So if you have a coffee, you just add it to your coffee, and you know you're getting the benefit as well as you you know you're enjoying your coffee at the same time. Uh, well, as I say, I'd put it in, the bo- in my bottle of water. Like I, mm. I said, Emily, when I first had it in water, I I can't taste it at all. And normally you're upset if you can't taste your cordial or couldn't taste your coffee, but with something like that, it's wonderful i'd be more than happy to put it in a water bottle and drink it and, and that's just great yeah no that's fantastic we, we do know a few jockeys around as well that, that we are friends with that, that have it and especially for that arthritis in their hands it's showing really good benefits oh they're incredible jockeys i know of a jockey that had a bathroom and then had had a half a, a um a satchel of ute just to get through it's like the horse butte i'm thinking I'll, I'll, he'd be much better to have been on there so it wouldn't be good for him yeah, yeah, 100%. So we probably might have a change of tact here, but um, we've got, we did open it up to our Send Users group on, on Facebook that, that you were coming on the podcast, and we've got a couple of listener questions. Um, if you don't mind us um, putting on the SWAT guy, and but I'm sure you can answer them easily. Uh, yeah. So one listener said, if you had to teach a horse one thing in work at the start, what would that be? Something I say to them all the time, and I, I know for a fact horses don't listen to our audible talk, but something I say to them all the time is just breathe. So when, when I put the saddle on them, I rub them on the neck first time, I say, just breathe, mate. I know it's different. I want you to breathe through it. So the same as if you have someone hyperventilating on the couch, you'd, you'd hand them a brown paper bag and you'd tell them to breathe in and out of it. To, just to be able to breathe and be in the moment is probably the biggest thing. And it's not so much something that you can teach them, but it's something that you want for them. And, and if they get a little tired or they get a little worried, I stop and I, and I wait for them to breathe again. I wait for them to, to calm down and, and stay present. Horses, in my opinion, are God's greatest gift. I love dogs. Cats are wonderful. All animals are beautiful. But there's something about a horse that just, I've been bewitched by them since a little kid. And when, when they are thinking the thoughtful mindset, they're the, the calmest, most beautiful animals in the world. When they're out of their mind a little bit or they're not thinking, they are extremely dangerous animals, dangerous to, to everyone around them, more importantly, dangerous to themselves. So being able to teach them to remain thoughtful and have, and I wrote an article for uh, horse deals that'll come out soon, just yesterday. And, and uh, the, the article is um, think before you act and then don't think, just do. So when we're starting with a young horse, I want him to, to have a thought before he he makes a decision, just to, to take one second to think about what he's doing before he does it. 
And then with my finished horses, we don't have time to think. You, well, if I ask you to lay down, please don't think about it. Just lay down and I'll side past three horses over you and, and we'll do those kinds of things. But just to remain, for a horse to remain thoughtful and in the present. And that is as much for me. It's something that I really have. Emily will come out when I'm working with the horse and she'll say something to me and I cannot hear her. I'm totally focused, just like the conversation I'm having with you all now. When I'm talking to a horse, that conversation is just as important as if I'm sitting in front of the queen having a conversation <laughs> with her. So that being mindful and thoughtful is probably the biggest thing I teach them. And I could say lowering their head or, or backing them up but or, or, or other things like that or teaching them to lay down. But the main thing for them is to, to remain thoughtful and, and in in the moment all the time and to be, be focused on the one thing that you're doing because I find that horses are very much like little kids. If you have a three-year-old child and say, run over and grab me the cup, a three-year-old will start, child will beat any adult for, for athleticism and for, for, for run. They'll run over there and be back in seconds. But if you say to them, don't bring the red cup, bring the blue cup, and don't bring the blue cup with the red cord, he'll bring the green cup, they throw it on the floor and have a, have a tantrum. And that's the, the same thing with the horse. We need to keep things very clear and we need them to be in that thoughtful frame of mind. So the, the one thing I need them to do is to breathe and to focus on each step and, and just focus on their breathing. And as I say, they don't, they don't understand that, but you watch all my horses, my finished horses, dear old nuggets, it takes deep, slow breath through everything and just breathe his way through any moment. Yeah, that's fantastic advice, Guy. And is it also an understanding of the natural innate thing of how a horse is with their, even with the placement of the eyes and our placement of our eyes as sort of that predator and prey? Absolutely. They can see areas of their body that we can't see and, and we're very focused and, and attack everything head on and a horse is always looking for, for anything around them that. that that may attack them. Um, and it's important to know those things. And everybody says it's very important for us to understand a horse and to know their natural instincts. And that's fine. But if we leave a horse in his natural instincts and in his natural state of mind, it's total opposite to, to where we need him to be. So when I handle a young horse, I say to them, and once again, they don't understand me, but I say to them and I make a promise to them that I see them for who they are. And I say, you are perfect. In the eyes of, of the world, in the eyes of nature, you don't need to change a thing. If you're in the wild, you know everything that you need to know. If you get pressured, if you get held on your leg, you will strike until that pressure is gone. If someone jumps on your back, you would buck them off and you would keep yourself safe. So in, in, in the natural state, you are perfect. But in my world, in the world of the human, you're not. You're pushing into pressure, running until you're free. Um, jumping around until until you, you escape is, is not going to help you. So I'm going to teach you things about my world. So my horses understand that us humans, we're, we're a little bit different. We like to, to feed them uh, twice a day instead of giving them feed all through the day. We like to, to have them tied up uh, to, to the float or to the tree and we like to put blankets on them and we like to do all things with them. I need the horses to understand us as humans, as much as we need to understand them, because if we leave them in their natural state and we don't teach them to give to pressure instead of fight, and what I mean by that is the first time you put a holder on a young horse, we pull on the reins to the left and expect them to come left. Their natural instincts are saying, if I do what the predator tells me to do, the predator will drag me into the cave and eat me, so I must go right when I'm told to go left. The predator tells me to go backwards, I must go forwards. If he tells me to go down, I must go up, because if I do what the predator wants, I die. So I say to them, I'm not a predator. I may look like one. I may smell like one. Hmm. But I'm never going to act like one around you. And so I never growl at my horses. 
I never I never get angry at them when they do the wrong thing because that's something that a predator will do. And I tell them every day I'm not a predator and I prove my, myself to them. And that's very, very important for me that my horses go, if I do this for the human, my life gets better. So my horses, if they got their leg caught out in the paddock, they'd be no good in the wild because they'd stand there waiting for dad to come along and un- undo their foot. But that's important. Once we domesticate them, they need to do that. Just like teach our children to wear clothes and say please and thank you and do things. You know, children without education would, would just be running around in law and class throwing manure at each other. <laughs> and the final listen to questions I have, we had heaps, but I, I just brought it down. This is the crossover to what you've just said. Some strategies on calming the young horse, especially on a trail ride. Yeah, and I, I wrote another article for Horse Fields because it's been raining, so I've been writing a few articles. <laughs> and I and I wrote the article called I'll Meet You in the Middle. I've got a dear young friend or a lover, and she's a great, great little rider, and she's helped me out a bit. And we went out on a trail ride out to my dad's place, and she was riding a gorgeous mare that had about three weeks training from another trainer, and then I'd had it for a week. And she came up to me and she said, Guy, I'm, the little mare wanted to jig dog, so I wanted to catch up to the other horses. And I held her and told her to stand still, and she did a little rare on me because she was trying to get her to do exactly what she wanted. The mare, the mare and her were in two total opposite ends of the, the seesaw and they weren't finding a space in the middle. So I said, darling, in that situation, you need to meet her in the middle. The mayor wants to be up at the front of the group. You want her not to rush. So I would do things like this. And I asked her to, to ride the little mare forward instead of letting her just be in a straight line trying to catch up, to tip her nose a little bit to the left, have her head at a 45 degree angle, which because she's not looking straight ahead, she has to slow her feet down. She has to be a bit more thoughtful. The moment she slows her feet down, let her straighten out again and then take the other rein and do the same thing. And that way the filly says, I'm not right at the front, but you're not holding me right at the back. You know, in the article I say, meeting in the middle would be like saying, well, you love um, vegetarian and I, I, I just want to eat a steak and I won't go to your restaurant, you won't go to mine, we're not going to be able to eat together. But if we say, well, let's go and meet at the Central Park and we'll get, the, get an Uber driver to bring you your favourite mm. food and I'll get an Uber driver to bring you mine and we're both happy, Meeting a horse in the middle is very, very important. So sometimes it's not about getting our point across all the way. It's just, I'll meet you in the middle today and then we'll keep working towards that goal. But I think the biggest thing a horse needs is to be heard. And what I'm loving about the conversation we have is you have something to say and I listen and then I have something to say and you listen. If we're not being heard, we, we don't even want to, want to talk to each other. You know, it's important that our message gets across. So I always say to the young horse, I hear you and I see you, and I'll try and help you be in the middle with it. So on a on a trail ride, if he really needed to be up the front, I'd let him go to the front, and then I'd take him out to the side and work him around and, goes, and trot him over some logs and have him connect with me. Because most horses are saying, I need to be with my companions. We need to be the companions. When I'm riding beautiful old Nugget, Nugget didn't need anyone but me. And as a stallion, they, they look for everything else, but he, I was everything he needed, and he was everything I need, and the same with my horses now. And so... If I, I had a, a horse that's um, beautiful, warm blood now, and I rode her off down the road, I'd had her for about a week, and she'd been trained by someone else, and she was wanting to tear home, like get home as fast as she could. And, and a lot of people would tell you to make her stay, to hold her back, don't let her have her way. It was dangerous. She had shoes, and I thought she was going to rear up and fall over on the bitumen. So I let her long trot all the way home, and a lot of people would be telling me that she was, I was doing the wrong thing, and she was going, I'm getting my way. I trotted her straight past the stable, straight past the wash wash area. 
straight into the paddock and we spent another 15, 20 minutes scanning circles. So she got what she wanted. She got to go home. I got what I wanted. I got some extra work. The next day I rode her down the road, turned around again, and she said, I'm just going to walk on big, loose rain because I don't want to do another 30 push-ups when I get home. <laughs> so it's, it's about meeting them in the middle, and, and sometimes it doesn't hurt to let them have a, a say, but we've we just got to keep going towards the goal. But their opinions and their mindset is very, very important, and if we listen to it, they'll, they'll feel listened to and they'll give us more. It'll be a brave person to tell you that you're doing something wrong, Guy. <laughs> <laughs> it won't be me. People <laughs> tell me, uh, I was riding the other day on some obstacles and a young fellow was telling me how, how to do something and I said, oh, no, well, I don't need to do that, mate, because I could do this. And I won two world championships, but thanks for the advice. Yes. <laughs> Not that I said that to him, but that's what I thought. God love him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, God love him. Um, I think it's a great time probably to announce the obviously partnership that we're going to be having and, and with Guy becoming an ambassador for Send. So obviously we've got this, there's a lot of synergies between obviously Guy and Emily and, and ourselves, obviously the welfare of the horse. We're trying to create sort of market leading, world leading products, you know, to that to that example. Um, so Guy's going to become an ambassador for, for Send. Um, based on this podcast, the Guy will have his own code, Guy5. So for any of our listeners that are listening to this podcast, if you did want to get a 5% discount using Guy's code, we do um, fixed price shipping Australia-wide from $7.90. Obviously, the big supplements are, are a little bit more. So Guy will have his own code, Guy5. So for anyone out there that um, that you did want to get a 5% discount based on this on this podcast that we're doing with him, that will be available from, from I think, Saturday or, or Friday. Also, Guy, I've just got to really mention that um, the world is quite small when I was notified by one of our ambassadors that um, you are good family friends to them when even when I was younger and I actually lived next door to them and then to come, say, 30 years later and and, start, and talk to you and not know that you were next door with tra- like training horses and, and putting on sh- like instructor shows, you could probably elaborate even more on this. Yeah, beautiful little Rebecca Young was just a, a darling little girl. And I say to people all the time, with your horses, we, we want to be a leader. So um, you don't want to be rubbing on them or loving on them too much. And Beck would be hanging off the, the face of a little chestnut mare and kissing it in the ear. And I go, unless, of course, your mare looks at you like that. Because the mare just loved on Beck and she wasn't being pushy and wasn't being rude. I said, if, if your horse handles you rubbing and loving and touching them like, like Beck does, keep doing it. And we've seen... Beck over the years and I saw her at the, the rodeo the other day and she's a darling little girl she come flying up to me with a big beautiful big Australian flag all dressed up in her cowgirl gear and I'm riding a darling young girl that's at about 10 rides and he's got eyes out on a stalk and she flew over to me with her flag and was nearly going to jump on the horse and give me a cuddle I said well darling it's just a baby I'm on but <laughs> she's <laughs> wonderful and she reached out to me today and she said um uh, I see that you're that you're having a podcast. They're my wonderful sponsors. Please make sure you mention me. So Rebecca Young, and she said how wonderful you are to deal with. And we've heard that uh, from from everywhere. People say the product is great, but, but more importantly, you, you're just so wonderful to deal with. It gets to you really quick, and, and that's important. And this every in this world, I say to Emily when we when we get orders, please get them out quick because everyone's expecting it to be like Amazon and on your doorstep <laughs> tomorrow. And and everyone's impressed with with you as a company doing that. And I just wanted to mention Beck because she told me I had to, and she's a beautiful kid. Yeah, and way back in those years on those Burpengary acreage pro- properties, it's just uh, the biggest small world you could, you could possibly have. But we, we really align with your mindset here at Sen, 
guy in terms of putting that horse first. We want the best for them first to get to their ability and we know not, not to sacrifice the horse just to get somewhere or just to get that ribbon and, and that's what we're trying to promote first and then every other puzzle piece comes into place. And we actually yeah. care too. You know, we care about the horse. We care about the owners because obviously with any animal, whether it's a horse or a dog or a cat, when the you know the animal is in pain or it's not happy, it affects the owner. Like obviously for yourself, God, oh. when Nugget was in pain, it would have been, you know, tearing your heart out. It, it absolutely was. I, I, I was When they told me that, that I'd either have to, to doctor him incredibly with medication that would actually be bad for him and, and shorten his life considerably, I retired him the very next week and I said, I'm not going to do that to him. Mate, you can retire and if I can see your beautiful face outside my window, that's all, all you need to do for me. They are incredibly important to us. And when people say to me, and it's, it's, it's not horse people, but if, I, if I'm talking to, to, to National Geographic or anything like that, they go, so you're a horse whisperer. And I go, no, I'm, I'm not a horse whisperer. And they go, well, what do you call yourself? And I say, I call myself a horseman. And the reason I love that word so much, that word so much is because it's too two very significant words that come together to, to make one being and the best part about it is the horse always comes before the man and that is the most important thing. The horse has to come first. I, I'm I'm half the man I am without my horse and I'm definitely no horseman without my horse. Well said, well said Guy. Um, just to some sort of summarise everything, maybe just sort of cue off, um, a lot of people might know or might not know that you're an actual poet as well. Yeah, that's how what got me started. I remember having dream, dreams as a kid. I took rides from my dad from the time I was 15 till I was 24. And I thought, I, I love that man from Snow River Palm. I learned that we used to have to do dishes every night at the homestead. So I'd go down and in the bathroom there was Benjo Patterson's work. And I'd sit on there a little bit longer and, and read his poems. And it wasn't long before I could recite it from start to finish. And that, so I was basically getting out of work that I learned it the first time. And then I'd go out and I'd take the rides and I'd be off the side because I was such a nervous guy kid. Everyone thinks that I'm this gregarious extrovert and I'm really not. I'm a, I'm very introverted until I'm out in front of 10,000 people or 20,000 people and I'd ride along thinking, wonder if I'll ever have the guts one day to recite The Man from Snow River in front of a crowd or to do something and my dad found out I could recite it so he said, I want you to come and ride in front of 60 guests at the at Susan River Homestead up in the restaurant and so I, up I went in there and, and started reciting and it got to where I ended up doing a two-hour show where I could do about 15, 20 poems in a row and beautiful old Nugget would stand there as a two-year-old yawning with his ears out the side half asleep. <laughs> and, and so I, that was a big part of it and that got me out into the horse world and, and then people would see that I wouldn't go anywhere without Nugget because I didn't feel I needed my wingman and then when they'd see me riding in bridleless and saddleless behind it, behind the stages so they used to ride him on stages I've ridden him on stage in front of 20,000 people at Gimpy Master and, and that sort of stuff and and so the poetry was a big part to get me started but um, it got to the stage where people started calling me the Bush Poet Horseman so I stopped doing the poetry for a while because I wanted the horsemanship always to be in front but mm-hmm. it's, it's a big part of who I am and if it's alright with you I'd love to share a poem that I recite across America, Canada and Australia just so people know that doesn't matter where I go or, or what I do, Australia will always be home, and it's called "She'll Always Be My Home." Can yeah, I do that for honored. you? Yeah, we'd be honoured, guy, Thank if you, you could. Thank you. I come from a land down under, where the kangaroo and emu roam, where brumbies run wild in the mountains, and the waves hit the shore with their foam. I have lived the life of a stockman. I have walked the horseman's path. Now I've flown to the world around me to share with open heart these creatures that bewitch me. 
hold me captive in their spell. My task to share their beauty that they've shown to me so well from the stock horse of my country, Australia's own and honest breed to all horses of the world, I declare my sacred creed to give my all and honour them in everything I do. For a horse can hold a man together like an ever-bonding glue. My Australian stock whip share my heritage, mate. My accent shows my breed. And though I long for home and family, I have this ever-growing need to represent my country and my loved ones who were there to show the world her beauty, to honour her and share Australia's special wonder with the world in which I roam. For she will always be my mother and she will always be my home. Very nice. That's fascinating. Round of applause. Fascinating. I think our listeners have been have been overindulged this is, here. This is a treat. It's a treat. <laughs> this is... <laughs> Thanks so oh, much. I've really enjoyed it. I can see the passion and the drive in your voice, and it's wonderful to be associated with like-minded people. The feeling's mutual, Guy and Emily. Any last words, Guy, that you'd like to leave our listeners with, or even, even Emily as well? Just for me, I'm excited to, to, for this relationship to grow and for us to, to help horses worldwide. And just to mention as well to our listeners, um, Guy has become an ambassador and he has got his own code, Guy5. We'll put that in the show notes. For anyone looking at um, sort of reordering their, their send products, you will get a discount of uh, 5% when you do place the order into the coupon code. So we'll leave that code, obviously, at the bottom of the of the podcast. Is there anything, Brian, you'd like to finish off with? Um, we'll also get the links from Guy's articles for the, the horse deals if it's on, available online. Yeah, I can definitely look into that. I know yeah. definitely that every month, but um, I know they after the fact it's been up. I think you can definitely um, Google, Google the horse deals and see where the, the articles and yeah, but they're very clever. They don't they don't let anything go out for free until the book's been sold. But <laughs> yeah. after a little, little while after, they they let them come out. Yeah, yeah no, that, that's understandable. And um, yeah, I I just like to say. Thanks very much for you, for both of your times and it's really exciting this the start of this journey because we are in the same mindset for horses and we want to help as many horse owners and horses in Australia and worldwide um, and then particularly move into that human side as well. Oh, that's wonderful. Wonderful. I, that, because horses are – most athletes are finished at, at 25 to 30 and you know or 35, they're, they're done with horsemen. We're not even – hitting our straps until the late 50s and 60s and, and our minds and our hearts are still open and our bodies are aching so we're very very grateful for any help that you can give us all and well, I, I might need some help actually as well guy um how much do i pay for one of those briar models for nugget we'll look we'll sort out we'll do some barter guy we'll we'll wear that collagen like you like you might be right until you're 150 <laughs> Sounds good to me. It'll look good on the desk it. in my office. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if it's okay too, guy, maybe if we could get you back again as a guest, because I'm sure this Sometimes podcast is going to be fascinating. So, we'll we'll get some feedback from our from our listeners and obviously our followers, um, sort of what we could cover on the on the next podcast. Because today is more about the introduction and obviously us us you know us joining forces to take on a world. Because there's there's Absolutely. just a huge synergy. So, if it's okay with yourself and Emily, if you could come back again one time. Oh, we would love that. My dad said to me as a young boy, he said, son, you've got to stop talking about horses. You're a pain in the neck. You need to talk about other stuff. I said, no, nah, I'm just going to go to places where all they want to do is talk about horses. So as long as you want to talk about horses, nothing else, mate, I'll talk all day. We're happy to listen. <laughs> yeah, we're all ears, guy. We appreciate <laughs> we, we, it. We learn something new every day and, and it's, yeah, it, it's just a beautiful, they're beautiful animals, beautiful creatures on this earth and um, very fascinating and we want to do the right thing by them as you do as well. 
love it. And I'll be happy to talk to you again. I've enjoyed it. It's pouring down rain outside, so what better thing to do than be talking to like-minded people about the, the animals we love. Yep. Fantastic. Well, I think that pretty much summarises it. So we thank everyone for, for tuning in today. I can see this is going to be an extremely popular podcast. And as I said, we're, we're just grateful to have Guy and Emily on board as, as, as part of the SEND team. And, you know, we look forward to what the future holds for us. Oh, yeah. we were excited. So Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much, Guy and Emily. And all our listeners, you, you know how to get to us through our social media channels, email, even on the bat phone in the office here. And, um, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're happy to answer any more questions or if you've got any suggestions for our next podcast. But also, if you don't know about Sen and you want a deep dive, we've got another 55 podcast episodes tens of thousands of listens to them and um, if you need any clarification Peter and I are normally in the office and we've got our team here to to really help you deep dive your horse's diets and nutrition and, and also ha- take that holistic view to to all things horse training and looking after their environment. It's well said Brian. So we'll have another podcast to you guys very soon and yeah we wish wish you all the best Guy and Emily for your upcoming hopefully the performance shows open up and um everyone get to them if they if they can wonderful mate thanks so much we look forward to talking to you both again real soon thank Thank you. you thank you